So for me, perfect day when we come back and not only there is no crisis, but also that you see some smiling customer coming out, some happy guests and they're telling us, oh, this was a real show and uh, or getting some good feedback from family friends. I said, oh, I didn't expect, you know, Expo to be this way. And I learned so much and uh, I had so much fun. So that makes me happy. Welcome to the Beyond Sourcing Podcast, Episode 5. My name is Tamara Braun. I'm the Chief Customer Officer for the SAP Procurement Solutions and Intelligence Band Management. Today, I'm excited to have Anis Tapka with me. Anis is the Senior Vice President of Procurement and Contracts of the world's biggest entertainment event, the Expo 2020 Dubai. Anis, that's a great pleasure for me having you today in our podcast Beyond Sourcing. I would like to welcome you and I look pretty much forward to talk with you. Thank you, Tamara, for hosting me uh, on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So, Anis, you have an amazing career track uh, record and it would be Great for our audience, uh, hearing a little bit from you, where you are coming from, the who is who, who is behind this amazing personality, Anis Tapka. Thank you for these kind words. I'm flattered. Um, so my name is Anis Tapka and I'm Tunisian-American. Uh, I lived in uh, quite a long part of my life in the U.S., Uh, and then uh, here in, in UAE lately. Um, I started uh, my career uh, after graduation um, with uh, Southwestern Bell, which became AT&T uh, later on. And uh, afterwards, I moved into uh, Siemens, uh, the big conglomerate, where uh, I started working there from the as a commercial um commercial basically manager and uh, for over 10 years with uh, supporting the Siemens uh, telecommunication unit, working with the corporate customers uh, like the Bell South, AT&T, etc. all over the world. And this assignment was in North America, but also in Germany, Tunisia, and back into the US. Uh, until 2005, where... I was uh, given the opportunity to join uh, a telecom, a small startup, uh, a telecom operator out of uh, the UAE. And uh, the CFO basically of that entity told me whether I would be interested in joining. And I said, well, uh, interesting to be moving to the procurement side. I've been mostly on the commercial side with the vendors, so now I can do that. I can also buy whatever I used to sell. So I was just sitting across the table. And that's how, you know, my career in procurement started uh, back in 2005 as a startup with uh, basically I was the first procurement person on board and we started uh, recruiting the whole procurement team and, uh, and contracts later on. And I was in charge for uh, the technical procurement of all the network uh, equipment and then uh, as well as uh, IT and uh, the other categories of spent uh, marketing later on were added to my responsibilities. 
uh, until I overtook the whole uh, procurement uh, for uh, everything what was being bought into the company. So I became the CPO of the company and uh, I was assigned additional responsibility of the supply chain, taking care of warehousing distribution of the handheld chip cards to all of our shops. Um, afterwards, I started as well supporting our enterprise team to uh, do the go-to-market and uh, starting uh, basically um, more customer-facing and customer-facing as well activities. This lasted until uh, 2019 when um, I was called by uh, Expo 2020 to join. And I thought, wow, I've been into telecom for all of pretty much most of my professional career. So uh, this will be quite interesting to move across to something that I didn't do uh, before, which is the mega event uh, industry. And uh, it was quite a right when I joined uh, Expo in 2019 as uh, the um, CPO uh, for the entity where I took over both procurement and contracts and merged the teams and brought in basically uh, more efficiency. So that's a nutshell in my professional experience. This is really, it's amazing, Anis, especially when when I see, so you were in, in, in sales dealing with commercials and then you moved to procurement. So this is really very, very strong. You know exactly when someone is knocking at your door what they would like, what they would like to sell you. And now you're in the procurement position. So I can imagine they have it not easy going in a negotiation with you. And <laughs> and it it's amazing, Anis, it, it's really amazing to hear that you started at, at Siemens, that you lived abroad, that you lived in US, in Germany, in Tunisia, that you moved from Siemens into a startup, which is a completely different world. And then you got this call in 2019, joining the expo. This, I can imagine, was something really amazing because when the world is looking to the expo 2022, and we see how beautiful it is established. So how did it feel for you when this call came? Did you need a lot of time to think about if you would like to move or were you immediately excited? To be honest, it was uh, a completely um, unexpected and uh, somehow of a difficult decision because I've been into uh, telecom and uh, information communication technology, uh, basically most of my professional career. And this is what I know best. And I know how to navigate my way through, uh, whether this was with a huge conglomerate like Siemens, you know, or, you know, the startup mode, that's what I felt comfortable. So after these long years, you are moving into something new that you didn't do before. And you are getting it to handle something that uh, you never knew. Uh, so getting exposed to construction, getting exposed to of huge construction and uh, large, very large contracts. We're talking about the billions, you know, and uh, and as well as uh, moving to handle musicians, handling, you know, uh, the food and restaurants, you know, food and beverage, you know, restaurants, basically business for Expo. Uh, everything uh, within short time frame because it's a project 
that you need to deliver. For me, I was uh, not sure whether this will be the right thing for me, but I said, wow, this is, if you don't do it now, this is now or never. So the beauty is because it's a project base and because it has such a new, uh, huge national um, interest, such a big responsibility. It was really amazing, you know, to be part of this uh, team that made it happen. So uh, I said, you know, yes, let's go for this uh, adventure because uh, this is one in a lifetime opportunity. You would never get that call again. So after, you know, long thoughts, and then I decided to jump uh, ships and, uh, you know, to join Expo. So uh, I'm very glad that I did. And after living, you know, all this, you know, days of preparations for the um, for the opening and going all this through the stealth and uh, the stress of getting things delivered for the opening. Once you know, we see the end product. You know, this uh, made me very happy that I took the right decision of uh, joining Expo. Wow, and uh, and Anis, when when uh, I I have not yet had the chance uh, visiting the Expo Dubai. Hopefully, I have. But I follow you really online, really, and see which great events you are planning, which shows, and and you said so. You are responsible, really, for the food and beverage. And when always, when I open the Expo Dubai page. I'm really touched and amazed about how beautiful it looked like. And when you arrived in 2019, how far was the construction already? Well, the construction already uh, started because, as you know, this is pretty much the size of a small city. Uh, the expo site is double the size of Luxembourg as a, as a country. Wow. So, uh, four square kilometers. So there's a lot of infrastructure projects that already started. Some of uh, the building started, uh, but we were very far away from, from finishing. So uh, a lot of the pavilions were still delayed, didn't uh, happen yet. Uh, and uh, it was exciting to be part of this team to make things happen and uh, get things, uh, you know, things um, underway. Uh, but uh, it was just a huge blueprint that we needed to turn around and uh, and uh, get it, uh, you know, uh, done on time. So the pressure was just immense, you know, to get everything done uh, on time. And of course. You are not just delivering for the expo on buildings. You need to coordinate with this 192 countries that are participating in expo uh, to get them uh, basically get their buildings underway, get them ready on the pavilions, uh, get them fitted out. So some of them we were supporting them, uh, and some of them were completely independent, but most of them we were supporting, uh, and somehow we were uh, involved as procurement and contracts, you know, as well. Uh, so it's a, it's a unique event, as you mentioned, Tamara. Never happened before. So this is the first time we have a World Expo happening into the Middle East, North Africa, and, uh, and Africa, as well as South Asia region, where we have such a, a global attendance. It never happened before. So if you look at Beijing, in 2010 was mostly uh, around, uh, you know, China, and then, you know, even the latest one, you know, in Italy in 2015 in, uh, in Milano was regional around you know Italy and neighboring countries but this is the first time that we have a, such a huge mega event attracting all of uh, of this population you know 
across uh, the multiple continents. So the importance and the significance of this expo is, uh, is tremendous on this whole region. Yeah, and, and I can imagine, uh, Anis, it is not only national-wise very important. So uh, well, uh, I, when I listen to you and you say 219 countries are participating, so it has an immense international influence. And uh, I, I'm wondering, Anis, I'm, I'm really wondering, so you moved 2019 uh, to this new job. Be responsible. Be responsible for providing the world an, an immense positive feeling. And then early in 2020, the pandemic hit us. And I can imagine the pandemic hit you as well. So the, this great event, Expo 2020, I personally can imagine was very badly affected from the pandemic as well. You're absolutely right, Tamara. So, um, uh, but just for clarification, it's 192 countries. You know, uh, so the whole basically uh, UN recognized countries that are uh, participating. So we embarked everyone. And uh, you're right on the uh, again on the um, pandemic. So we were ready to start services and opening the gates in October 2020. So uh, in February, uh, we were going full stream, February 2020, we were going full stream and trying to uh, make sure that whatever was delayed, uh, you know, coordination with the international participants that didn't start even building some of the pavilions, we we're pushing to get them underway, get the, the project wherever there were, you know, some uh, issues or challenges to uh, to be taken care of. Uh, until, you know, the first signs of the pandemic uh, started with these things out of China. So we had to uh, di uh, diversify, you know, some of the shipments that were coming out of China for some of our partners and then getting them through uh, new routes rather than by shipping by, uh, you know, uh, sea to go shipping by air. And then, you know, it gets a bit worse and we started, you know, getting uh, them to be shipped from other continents. And then we thought, wow, this is really serious. So I established, you know, a war room, basically where daily we are tracking what's going on with our shipments, what's happening with our partners, having difficulties to um, the countries to ship their own, you know, goods. Uh, and we were briefing top management daily. So we had like some kind of a roadmap where we show, you know, where we have uh, delays until the the map became of the world became red and redder, you know, every day. And then we saw, wow, this is getting very challenging. So even people were not able to move and they were, you know, the technical experts that we were using out of uh, Europe or North America were not able to to travel anymore. So uh, so then we had to go back and rely, uh, you know, uh, to our governing body, which is the uh, Bureau International des Expositions in Paris, so uh, the international uh, exposition body and governing body. And uh, basically after consultation, they said, okay, we cannot continue. And pandemic was declared by, uh, COVID-19 was declared by uh, WHO as the, as the worldwide pandemic and there was a decision to to uh, to postpone 
pioneer near the, the show. So uh, what happened then is like a train going at 100 kilometers per hour, and then all of a sudden you hit the brake. So for us, you know, uh, for my whole team, basically it was uh, it was uh, quite. Uh, tragic because uh, we were so much you know uh, getting ready to to get things done and uh, close all of a sudden now your functions turns into stopping everything terminating contract changing you know uh, putting contracts on hold because at the end we are bleeding cash so all the uh, services that were being get uh, ready and uh, for for uh, basically for opening the gates in 2020 uh, were being delayed so we had to immediately stop the uh, the cash flow um, that was going out and uh, and uh, take care of this urgent uh, requirement and afterwards when things were clearer you know a few months after you know the budget was clearer then we started renegotiating again so it was uh, quite an experience oh yeah i can i can imagine and especially with this full picture you provide uh, to us so when we are talking about resilience in the supply chain very often we think about goods but what you mentioned that people were not able to travel this i can imagine hit you really in a in a pretty pretty large extent and i can imagine there are also artists where you really depend on for the shows for everything which had problems coming into the country and this is then shaking the entire event uh, quite significantly absolutely because uh, as a cpo you always have all your redundancy uh, you know processes and you, you have some contingency plan that you dry and you put into a drawer hoping that you never you know uh, you get to use them and you never get to open up the drawer and then all of a sudden you find yourself in this pandemic and the first time something like this happens in the world where you are in the full extent in the complete block you are completely enabled for an organization which is into the event industry, very much depending on people to make things happen. It's not like manufacturing only. So, and you are stuck. You try to maneuver right and left, bring people rather from Europe, bring them from South America or get some other technicians to coming from other parts of the world. And even the price premium is not enough. So, uh, so it was quite a challenging, you know, situation. Um, but, um, you know, uh, that we went through until the call was taken that we are postponing by one year. I can, I can only imagine. So you have a lot of countries participating. You have an international team supporting you. So I can imagine that diversity is really lift in this environment there is most probably even not something which you have to actively work on it is given because you are bringing the world to dubai how is this when you are walking through the campus and you see the different nations is this working quite well together Absolutely. So I was privileged that I have such a great team. So not only the ethnic diversification, you know, is important. I have uh, 23 
nationalities within my team. And as Expo, in, in total, we are roughly 60, I think 60 nationalities are representing, represented in as part of the workforce. Uh, and this is, goes well with the 192 countries that we are representing and serving. So uh, that ethnic you know, diversity is extremely important to understand the language, uh, the culture that uh, these international customers are looking for. Um, and uh, we are able to, to serve. As well as within uh, our own uh, community of partners we work with on the supplier side. So we as Expo are committed uh, to uh, to help out, you know, and to work with international uh, vendors throughout the world and uh, whether uh, this SME program that you have, but also in, in general. So it works well that we have people from different cultures working within the procurement and contracts team. On top of that, the uh, the categories of the spend that we have is so huge, it's so diverse. So I have uh, you know uh, team members that are going from the expert working from construction to the expert working on entertainment, expert working on the uh, food and beverage and marketing and uh, or uh, IT and telecom. So uh, the the expertise is uh, very different because you cannot have the uh, person working from construction handling um, music. It just doesn't work. Um, so it's extremely important to have a wide variety of skill set to be able to handle these categories, different categories of spend. And Anis, the skill set, and I'm, I fully agree with you, if you have really to deal from construction, uh, events, marketing, telco, via all these variety of the categories, is it per se that uh, people would come and knock at your door and say, hey, I would like to work for you? Or do you have as well this challenge to find the right talents on the market? Well, it's uh, challenging, to be honest, not only because uh, the skill set is very diversified and we don't have that many people with uh, such mega event uh, skill set uh, available in the region that were into this uh, industries uh, before. So although construction, Dubai is well known for large construction skyscrapers, so this was not really such a big deal to find you know, people with this. But entertainment, in the the music at a large extent and uh, uh, it's much more challenging you know to find so we had to uh, to get uh, you know resources coming from um, uh, coming from international markets whether from Europe or from North America uh, but uh, as well because it's project based and for a short period of time most of the resources would not like to just to give up on their job and then come, you know, basically for a period of uh, uh, six months or one year or whatever have you. So uh, that job, you know, uh, basically continuity, you know, is a, is a challenge to get uh, the, uh, the best uh, expert uh, uh, basically on board. Wow. And uh, Anis, when we, when we look a little bit really be beyond sourcing and beyond procurement and uh, when you look now to the Expo Dubai, what do you think, your, your personal take, what is the most exciting thing 
of this expo. So if you would have to do the marketing today for the expo, what do you say, hey, audience, this is the most exciting thing? Well, it's difficult to put it in, in only one uh, specific category, Tamara, because there's so much that uh, that you see, you know, out there. Uh, the Not only the self-satisfaction and the world of seeing something live that you create and, and basically it's becoming so tangible that you see the product that you worked on, you know, now is, is such a great venue where people come in, have fun, entertain themselves, and they talk about and they travel back to the country, so uh, to their own countries, you know, after visiting. So that's that's a great, you know, reward. But on top, doing something that was never done before, you know, uh, doing something so huge and so glamorous from technology point of view, from the, uh, you know, uh, from uh, the, the richness in content, you know, point of view in this part of, of the world, you know, uh, that was never uh, done before. It's it's a great uh, self-satisfaction that you get, as well as the uh, being able to help out, uh, you know, the small uh, companies that uh, diversification of uh, companies that uh, the SMEs that you work with internationally. We have a commitment to do more than 20% of um, of our spend to be done with small and medium enterprises. This is what we signed up, but we were able to to do to exceed that, and we reached you know over twenty five percent of our top total spend is through SMEs. So, and these are global SMEs, not only you know uh, that uh, partners that are residing in the UAE, but globally. So you see small companies out of South America or uh, Europe or Asia that we are uh, supporting and we are uh, getting them, you know, as part of, uh, you know, our vendor community. And we supported them even during the pandemic with uh, trying to help them out on the cash flow, etc. So that's a great success, I believe, because we helped out the economy, not only the local economy of the UAE by through this expo, but also through uh, the international uh, SMEs and the international economies indirectly. So that's that's a great uh, search forward. Uh, the other point is the sustainability. Also, our great commitment to sustainability was uh, was uh, you know something very profound, and I'm very very happy about that. You know what we were able to achieve. Yeah, and first of all, allow, allow me one comment. I'm really happy to hear that you say, "Hey, we had a focus on small and medium enterprises as well, and from from everywhere." And that you set a target, 20%, this is already a very aggressive target. And that you overachieved it, Anis, kudos from my side to this achievement, because this is as well when we are talking about diversity and inclusion, this is a role model. And uh, this can only be achieved when you have a CPO like you in driver's seat, who is brave enough to say, hey, give it a try. Let's let's try that we bring these uh, small and medium companies in. And even more, Anis, there you have my highest appreciation for that you said, and we supported them during the pandemic. Cash flow hits everyone really extremely. And, and that's, a, that's a very, very great achievement. Thanks that you are driving this. Thank you. 
And let me come back to the to the sustainable topic a little bit because sustainability is is not longer a buzzword. This is not as years before where everyone tried to bring sustainability into company goals and said, yeah, I'm sustainable. Sustainability is is real. It is a differentiator. Sustainability is really something where young talents are looking on and say, hey, I would like to join a company which has sustainable goals. This matters for me. And I can imagine driving such a big event like you have to drive is challenging you in the sustainability area day by day. If it is food, if it is beverage, if it is energy, if it is really a green product. So everything is, uh, I can imagine, a, a challenge. Would you like to share with me a little bit about your sustainability roadmap? Certainly. So sustainability is one of the three core um, themes that we have in Expo, uh, the other two being mobility and opportunity. But sustainability, sustainability, we take it extremely important. And this is something that we have imposed not only on ourselves, you know, as Expo and uh, our procurement, but also on the other pavilions, you know, and the participants coming in and and providing their solutions on sustainability. How are they impacting the world? So you see all the other uh, countries coming in and showing what they are doing in their own uh, communities to help out and to uh, to be sustainable. Um, so uh, uh, this is something that we take very, uh, very seriously. So our commitment uh, on the sustainability for uh, the the buildings we have, uh, the largest campus, uh, I believe, on, on the world, in the world that is LEED certified, which is the highest uh, grade of sustainability uh, for uh, the building uh, management and uh, we are extremely proud of that but also we have uh, you know achieved through our uh, sustaining sustainability uh, uh, commitment to get uh, the uh, some of these marvelous uh, things like uh, the transformation of uh, all the um, uh, the humidity that is being captured through some kind of special panel into water and goes back to uh, take care of all the water uh, requirement uh, on campus uh, same thing on the energy so which is captured through the solar panels and uh, being uh, feeding you know the whole campus and the additional uh, amount of uh, energy goes back into the uh, energy grid so that's a real commitment and you see it live and you see it you know happening and um, uh, I was uh, you know extremely proud of that uh, also the waste management uh, the uh, the whole thing about you know what happens to all of our waste and how it does it get uh, you know uh, basically um, transformed. Uh, this is uh, something that we committed from day one and we have our partner which is in sustainability um, uh, advocate and uh, and uh, we uh, we uh, committed to uh, to all this uh, transformation uh, of our waste. Uh, for me to be honest when I 
I joined uh, Expo. Sustainability uh, in this part of the world is not as strong in a commitment to sustainability. It's not as strong in the most of the corporate businesses compared to what we have into uh, in Western Europe or into North America. But um, uh, it was limited pretty much to paper office, uh, you know, uh, paper or uh, getting some of the recycling, you know, uh, of uh, packaging, etc. So uh, here in Expo, I think we pushed it to the next level. Uh, and some of the challenges that we had, uh, you know, in Europe, for example, you have um, some tax incentive being provided by the government if you want to push the uh, tower business, for example, the telco, uh, the uh, telecom operators to use uh, more sustainable uh, sources of energy to um, to fuel uh, these uh, telecom towers rather than using, you know, traditional fuel. Uh, so th- you have the carbon offsets, uh, etc that you can get as a tax uh, credit. But uh, in the Middle East, you don't have such a scheme because taxation is not here. So the uh, corporate, uh, you know, businesses that don't have such incentive. But in uh, Expo, we took it the other way around. We said, even if we have to pay a premium to basically to be sustainable, and uh, uh, we will do it because it's part of our core values and because it's part of our commitment. So uh, we wanted to set the pace and and do it. So uh, uh, we were uh, able to translate this whole program uh, throughout, as I mentioned, through our partners, you know, the vendors that we work with, imposing, you know, a high level of sustainability into the products that I buy and how they build, you know, our campuses, you know, the design of our buildings, uh, as well as what we consume at Internet Expo. So everything what you have from whether uh, the uh, water containers to uh, the uh, silverware that you use, you know, everything, you know, basically is, uh, is sustainable. And that's a real commitment. Yeah. And Anis, it leads me once again back to great leadership, which you are demonstrating. And when you said, uh, when you started, uh, there was the focus as often on paperless office, recycling of packaging, but uh, you with the team had a chance moving this with the expo to the next level. And exactly the examples you mentioned in the last minute, this is when you make the difference between going for paperless or if you really say, hey, we we are getting the energy out of the solar panels. We are having a focus on the water consumption and very, very important because this is something what we sometimes forget is, and and you had this great wording for that, waste management. Because when you bring all these people on the campus, there is the waste. You you cannot avoid it. But how you deal with it, that's the big question. And therefore, that's, um, that's for me demonstrating your great leadership to say, hey, we have a waste management in place and we have sustainable partners in place. So thanks for that, Anis. Absolutely. We really, you know, believe in it. So it's part of our commitment that we have an X percent of all of our material will be uh, biotransformed and uh, biodegradable. So uh, this is a real commitment that we signed in a contract to the uh, to the governing body. And we made that and we exceeded our, uh, our ambition. So I'm very happy that uh, we set the pace and I hope that 
the rest of the region will uh, take uh, basically um, uh, some uh, experience that we had and uh, we will uh, build on it to get uh, more of the sustainability across uh, into their uh, corporate environment. That's really great. And uh, Anis, I, I know that you have already the next appointment knocking at the door. And in respect of your time, and I would really like to thank you for giving me the chance talking with you today, I would like to ask one last question. You have busy days, one after the other. You come home in the evening, most probably exhausted from all the problems you have to tackle. When you are home with the family, when you sit back, when you look to the day, what happened that you can say this was a perfect day? Well, perfect days are very rare, you know, to be honest, but uh, we went through a lot, you know, to be uh, completely frank with this pandemic and the change of the last minute things and the uh, the shows that need to be rescheduled and everything. And we need to improvise every day. So we had a lot of this crisis management, even going through the weekend. And, uh, uh, and uh, I'm very glad that, uh, you know, we, despite all the challenges, we were able to make it happen. So for me, perfect day when we come back and uh, not only there is no crisis but also that you see some smiling customer coming out some happy guests and they're telling us oh this was a real show and uh, or getting some good feedback from family friends I said oh I didn't expect you know expo to be this way and I learned so much and uh, I had so much fun so uh, so that makes me happy this is your real product because you know we did sweat quite a lot to make it happen and you see people enjoying it and said wow uh, we uh, you know all of my team they contributed to the success and that makes me happy um, so I hope that we'll get more and more you know happy customers we have you know had more than 10 million customers already visiting us and hopefully you know many more in for the next two months before we shut down doors but uh, it has been a great experience so I'm happy about that And that's so important, Anis, what you say, delivering a positive customer experience that people are going home, that they have really a shine in their eyes and that they recommend it to others and say, hey, before they close doors, go there, have a look, these amazing shows, this great organization. I can imagine, yeah, exactly that that's a perfect day when uh, the visitors uh, are recommending others uh, to come. And then, yeah, you can be absolutely sure and happy that you and your team performed the very, very best jobs far beyond sourcing. Absolutely. That's the best feeling that you can ever have. I can imagine, yeah. I'm speechless about that. So, Anis, before we close, is there... Something you would like to mention? Is there maybe something I have forgotten to ask? Is there something you would like to, to share with the audience? I think I would like to... Uh, to share my enthusiasm after joining this big expo and uh, changing completely from the traditional uh, career. So it's a message maybe to the other CPOs around the world and the other procurement professionals 
as I mentioned before, a lot of people hesitate to join a mega event and they say, you know, this is short term and why should I and all that. So it's a great, you know, a challenge for yourself, you know, to experience something so big and to experience completely new, uh, something completely new outside of your world. Uh, so I would urge you whenever there's an opportunity, wherever you are around the world and something like that happens, you know, to try something because you can recreate the wheel and you feel like uh, uh, you are uh, creating something from scratch, uh, despite of the experience that you have accumulated, you know, in your uh, previous uh, uh, professional life. So uh, don't be scared, you know, you <laughs> and take the plunge whenever the opportunity like this happens. You know, life is too short, so you should always diversify and get out of your comfort zone. You know, I did it and I don't regret it a bit. So uh, try to take the dive whenever it happens. That's great, Anis, and this is very motivating to to all of us, uh, independent if an offer comes for the next bigger job or not. It's really very <laughs> motivational. Thanks for that. Leaving the comfort zone, uh, being so brave, going and take the the challenge. That's uh, that's great. Anis, I would like to thank you so much for your time. I know you haven't absolutely busy schedule you have to take care of nearly everything i highly appreciate your time this is not this is not a given for me and uh, i wish you a great day and i hope to see you at the expo dubai within the next weeks or months absolutely and we would love to to have you as our uh, Happy customers. So we'll make sure that we'll, uh, you know, we'll support you during uh, your visit. Thank you so much for having me, you know, on board. And it was great talking to you, Tamara, and to all the listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you want to learn more about Anis, you can look him up on LinkedIn. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Beyond Sourcing podcast. And of course, please like, share and subscribe to our podcast. And always stay curious about what lies beyond sourcing.